Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. It's international break, the final one of the Premier League or domestic season, which means we've got World Cup fever here at Mirror Football Towers. I'm Aaron Flanagan, we're going to be looking ahead to well, the World Cup, believe it or not, and I'm joined by Mark Jones. Mark, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm good, thanks mate. Very excited. World Cup is approaching pretty quicker than, than I tend to think. You know, Not long left in the Premier League season and... Um, before we know it, we'll all be uh, collecting those stickers and getting those shirts on, and uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, no, I say I'm getting really giddy. I think so is everyone else uh, in our office uh, at the Mirror. Um, on this podcast, we're going to be I say, kind of just looking very briefly ahead to the World Cup. We're also going to be hearing from Sir Jeff Hurst, who I spoke to a few weeks ago uh, about England, England's chances, uh, about Harry Kane. Uh, in, very interesting from him. Uh, we also speak to Christian Zieger a man who scored one of them penalties against England at the Euro 96 semi-final. He, did. Uh, he tells about how he used to laugh at Paul Gascoigne at training at Middlesbrough. Uh, with that. So uh, really interesting interview uh, with him, uh, all on this podcast. Uh, but Mark, as you say, World, World Cup, uh, get excited! Got any panini stickers yet? I haven't yet. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, if anyone's listening, you'd like to hook me up. I'd, I'd, I'd like a bit of that. You know, there's no, nothing better than than tearing into the Saudi Arabia left back, is there, and, and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's all. It's all part of the fun, isn't it? You know, we. I think every every four years, um, we perhaps it's, it, there's a bit of a childish nature of, of football fans, and we we get excited about things like kits and and stickers and all that and. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's good fun, and you can see it approaching now. For, for a while, it sort of felt quite far away, but um, it's here now very much. And as I say, this international break is um, has brought it into focus. One of the things that really gets me, as I say, with the, the the World Cup and everything, is the fact that we get all these nations coming together that you know nobody has any idea about. Like Panama, can, can you name a Panama player? Um, how, how long have I got? Uh, uh, now, no, no, I no, no, wait, wait, uh, no, no, I can't. Can you name an Iran player? Uh, there's there was an Iran player who used to play for Bolton. Um, I don't know if he still plays for them. That's not an answer, is it? No. Nope. They might want at Charlton as well. Come on. No. But the thing is, by the time the yeah, World Cup yeah. actually starts, we're going to be so swatted up yeah, yeah. on all of these teams. Say even like Costa Rica, who they've got a couple of names that, yeah. we, that we know, but the whole squad. I, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm like that. I buy like every you know little preview book. Everything like that. I, yeah. I, I go mad for the World Cup. And it, it is almost kind of again going back to what I said about being a child again because we have such an access now we know here obviously we have such an access to leagues from all over the world players from these countries Panama, Iran as you say it almost is that last level of mystery left isn't it there where you, you perhaps don't know them as well and, and you don't I'm, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who could tell us about, about these teams and these, these players but um, it is almost this last level of mystery where you know, you're not seeing these these guys playing for a Spanish team, an Italian team, um, every week, and so uh, they're, they're different. I mean, England obviously play Panama, and and, and I imagine they're uh, they're they're doing their scouting work on on them at the moment. But um, they, there will be a level of mystery about them, which which England will have to overcome when they play them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you. You're, like, you're Welsh. I, I am. Mean, we, we, you can't exactly getting excited about. England. I admit it as well. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so you can be smug after this battering of China. Well, well, the, the prestigious China Cup. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's nice for nice for Gareth Bale to to, to uh, get the national record, and I'm sure he would have wanted to do it in the China Cup. You know, it's a big, yeah. it's a big important tournament. <laughs> um, uh, no, for I me, mean, it's a shame Wales aren't there, but obviously Wales had our fun in the in the Euros just gone, um, and again for me. As a as as a Welsh uh, youngster, sort of growing up and watching World Cups, it, I 
don't have the, the the ties to it that a lot of my my friends sport in England do. So I can approach things in a, in a different way. I don't get as, as down about it, and um, I can tell you stories of of being in pubs watching England getting knocked out of tournaments, and I'm the one who has to g everybody up and, and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a purely neutral neutral event for me, but um, no less exciting though. Right, so yeah, England this year, obviously in a group with Panama, as we say, also Tunisia in there. Belgium's the tough one, but mm. come on, England have to get through that group, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, and Belgium, as we probably the complete opposite of what we were just saying about about mysterious teams and mysterious players. We know Belgium because they all play in the Premier League every week and the majority of them do it very well they're, they're, they're at their top sides they're, they're really really good players um, Panama and Tunisia you've, you've got to think England get get past them and, and do it well and I, I, I whether it's just me because I don't have the, the ties to it but I, do. I think England don't have a good World Cup I've got, I've got a, um, a little bit of faith for them I certainly think they can breeze through that group and then um, I think second round should be uh, achievable as well, and then once they're in the quarters, then who knows? But I can see them getting to the quarterfinals. Yeah, and I'd say quarterfinals would be nice, since it's been so long um, that since kind of, since we've been there. Yeah, um, I it was what back in two thousand and six, I think the last uh, yeah the Ronaldo the Ronaldo game wasn't it? And yeah. back then, I think England were almost criticised for being a quarterfinal team, weren't they? Where they couldn't go any further. But I think, judging from from my experience anyway, and talking to people, I think England getting to the quarterfinals would be a good. Uh, Performance from this time around, uh, it certainly shouldn't be the the limit of their ambition. I think they they can get there, and then who knows whoever they're playing, and you know the bounce of the ball here and there. Um, you know, but there are worse teams who've got to to quarterfinals, semi-finals of major tournaments than England in the past few years. Wales, in Wales are better than England yeah. in the last ones, weren't they? <laughs> but um, but I think you saw with Wales in that in that tournament, it was just it was a team, wasn't it? And they they uh, obviously propelled by by Bale, but. Um, there was a team ethic about them. They 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 worked very hard for each other, and um, they, there was a sense of sort of squad harmony there. A lot of players have been together for a long time. Um, and whether England can replicate that, I don't know. With England, it's always been about their individuals, hasn't it? And and you look at them. We did a we did a, a graphic the other day here where we looked at the options for 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 England squad, and there's no real star names hanging out. Obviously, obviously there's Harry Kane, but. Um, there's no one who jumps off the page and is going to be the kind of you know the one that scares everybody other than Kane. Um, and so you just whether that could go the other way and it creates more of a team harmony, you know. Um, as I said, but I think I think they'll have a good tournament. And uh, I just I don't know. There's kind of a level of I wouldn't say pessimism, but there's a level of um, apathy. Is probably not the right word, but that people don't seem to be sort of looking forward to it from an England point of view it's more of a, a World Cup point of view yeah. yeah no I say that's almost refreshing uh, but it's not just us that are getting excited about the World Cup uh, Sir Jeff Hurst the scorer of the only hat-trick ever in a World Cup final uh, for his second appearance on the podcast how good's that <laughs> we've got it on twice uh, admittedly this was filmed at the same time as his uh, as his first interview uh, but he talks a lot about England talks a lot about the World Cup and uh, here's what he had to say a few weeks ago Jeff, uh, we want to talk to you about the upcoming World Cup. It's a World Cup year. Uh, do you still get excited uh, about the World Cup? Yes, I do. Um, and also very enthusiastic and very positive about uh, going into it. Uh, nothing, although the last two tournaments have been disappointing, which without going on, there's too much about. Coming into, into a, a game or a season or a World Cup, I'm, and you have to be. And as a fan now, you're always optimistic that uh, we're going to do well. And I look at some of the again some of the good young players we've got uh, playing in the league and very successfully in the league it, again I think there's no reason why we shouldn't have a, 
a reasonably good World Cup. Reasonably good for us after the last two tournaments now will be getting out of the group because we've, you know, Brazil two games and out in, in the qualifier. And there's no excuse now because it is a comparatively easy group. And of course, uh, we should all really be thinking, uh, let's move on, let's get out of the group and, and, and progress. Um, do you feel, I mean, there's a bit of an argument from some people that Harry Kane almost has the the nation on his shoulders, you know, because, you know, his, his goals are so important. Do you feel that Harry Kane is that important to England or maybe, you know, are there other people in the team that are just as important as him? You never single, to be successful in a team, you never single any one, one player out. Uh, as, as well as Harry's playing, is fantastic. No national side should be reliant on one player. It's a team game. It's not only a team game, it's a squad game. You know, it's 22 players. And if I look back to our time, we had a strong squad of players. And nothing illustrated that more, really, when Jimmy Greaves gets injured. And Jimmy Greaves, you know, it comparing Kane with Greaves now. Uh, and his time at Tottenham. But what they forget, Jimmy Greaves had scored 132 goals to Chelsea before he went to Tottenham in 169 games. So Jimmy was going to be the number one choice for England. He gets injured in the prior to the quarter final, and I come in. So, and that what what's happened in football. So there, there are going to be opportunities um, during the tournament where you're going to come on as a sub for part of the game. That'll happen. Come on if somebody gets injured. And I think uh, if I look, if you take. Uh, Harry Kane at the pitch, you've got Jamie Vardy who's performing well in that position at front, he's also scoring goals for, uh, as well. So it's never a one-man, it can never be a one-man team or a one-man squad. To win a World Cup, you've got to have a strong squad. Um, and I think we've got a, a pretty good squad of good young players. Uh, so Jeff Hurst speaking here at the Sunseeker stand at the London Boat Show. Uh, now Jeff, you were involved in a, a winning World Cup squad, uh, went all the way to the final and won the final. Um, how important is kind of team spirit and morale is that something that England have to really focus on getting right going into the tournament if you are to get to the latter stages absolutely fundamentally I think one of the key uh, reasons I think we were successful in the World Cup we had a very strong unity uh, teamwork uh, uh, team spirit whatever phrases you want to use an essential part of any any team or squad that's successful in the World Cup and when I talk to players of other nationalities who's those countries have won the World Cup they do without being uh, leading them into the conversation they do talk about the unity and conversely we have seen what we regard as a fantastic squad or team from, from countries in the past that do not do well and you hear talks about the players round with each other and there's a lot of trouble in the camp so the, the team spirit and camaraderie is, is a vital ingredient what was a little Worrying, concerning for me, probably as an article came out. I think it was an interview, maybe on BT Sport, where you got the three of the great players of any era: Gerard Lampard and and uh, no, not Scholes, centre half, um, Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Talk. They were being interviewed, and they talked about when they were involved with England. They were talking. They didn't want to discuss too much with each other about their clubs because the rivalry at club level, which I and they they as part of that article I kept it at home. A very interesting article kept in saying there needs to be a better sort of team spirit and that was the, the well, I'm paraphrasing as what they were saying and they sat on their own tables they didn't mix mix again and what Alf Ramsey did in our time he did not allow players to have being clicks you wouldn't let you sleep with your, your who you sleep with or roomed with sorry, sleep with sorry room with your teammate at West Ham and I wish I found at that time being not very knowledgeable you know, that was a bit weird but looking back 
he didn't allow people to, to be in, in clicks which is what those three players were, were saying what was happened and needs to be improved on so that was a, a very important point a very interesting article uh, from an interview I think that was with uh, BT1 that, BT Sport that came up I think two or three weeks ago and I've kept the article very interesting uh, and just before we, we wrap this up, um, how far do you actually believe England are going to go uh, this summer in Russia? Well, everybody seems to p- uh, bank on the f- plan for the quarter-final, um, which would be nice to start with, getting the best eight teams in the world. But really, with the last two tournaments, which have been, let's be fair, without being brutal, dis- very disappointing, A, the, the um, two games now in the qualifying group in Brazil, and then the Iceland game in the Euros, I think we... we we just can't be looking to get out of the group to start with. Um, that will be a, an improvement on what we've done. And there's no reason why we shouldn't do it. In fact, if we don't get out of this particular group, that will be an absolute disaster. Uh, and no, no bones about it. But we should do. I'm positive we, we can do and should do. So, Jeff Hurst, MBE, uh, an absolute pleasure uh, once again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jeff Hurst there joining us on the Mirror Football Podcast what once again. Um, say, a legend. I don't, not many people can have be an England legend I had this conversation with someone once and imagine if you were Jeff Hurst and you wake up in the morning at what stage do you think that's got Hadrick in the World Cup final like I'm going about 0.7 seconds like when you you wake up and you're like you've done you've you've done that you've achieved this and obviously you know such a icon of of, of English football yeah I I mean I think I'd be playing the goal back in my head yeah or the third goal at least is he gonna make is is he gonna make a third appearance on this and we can say it's the best hat-trick he's ever achieved um secondary only to the World Cup one (laughs) fingers crossed we'll we'll, we'll try and get him back again that'll be uh that'll be good we say we've got a hat-trick here we might as well give him a hat-trick um he says there, obviously, at the end of his interview about what would determine a successful World Cup for England. It's interesting that he says, just get out of the group yeah. and worry about it. I mean, obviously, you kind of said it before. Mm. Obviously, we heard from, from Jeff Hurst about um, obviously just making sure that we, we start progressing again as a country for England. Yeah. Um, but at what stage for you, for you Mark, would you yeah. say we've got there that is a success <laughs> I, think I was surprised I, by um, I, I keep saying we to you I know, I know you're Wales right. but uh, as a neutral I was, I was, I was surprised by, by, by Sir Jeff there um, I think they can do better than, than he suggests he probably wants them to go out because Harry Kane might break his record or something in, in a <laughs> final but um, I, you know, I, yeah as I mentioned it before I think, they, I think they've got to get out of that group anything anything um, anything not uh, better than that is, is, is a real struggle Um <sighs> I just hope, for England's sake, that once they do get out of that group, they approach the, the second round match in a confident manner because I still think they'll be the better team, whoever they're playing against. So, um, yeah, I mentioned it before. I think quarters is is is, uh, is both very achievable and also good for for this England side. Yeah, so the the, the way the competition has been shaped up by the draw, uh, obviously we've mentioned England's group: uh, Belgium, Tunisia, Panama. Should get through. Yeah. Um, either way, uh, it's going to be almost definitely Poland or Colombia mm. in the last sixteen. Now, on paper, tough games. Yeah, tough games. But uh, England better than them too. Um, I can't pretend to be an expert on on, on either side, but um, obviously we know we again going back to individuals from these teams. We know we know in, enough individuals from from Poland and Colombia. You think of Robert Lewandowski. You think of James Rodriguez, Cuadrado, uh, Falcao. Um, uh, so. Yes, we know a bit more about them. 
if it's Poland, England always seems to play Poland in like qualifiers and and, yeah. and groups, don't they? And um, they always tend to be sort of tight affairs. I could definitely see that being a tight affair. Colombia could be an interesting one, but it, it, in the sense that it's a clash of styles, isn't it? Um, but uh, I think they should. Yeah, I, I I think they should be going into this game confidently. Um, off what would hopefully be a couple of good wins in the group. You know, you take the Belgian game out of it. They should be beating Panama and Tunisia handsomely, um, and so maybe that generates confidence. Maybe someone, you know, we mentioned this isn't a squad full of stars, and maybe somebody in those Panama Tunisia games, be it I don't know, uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain or uh, Jesse Lingard or someone like that, has just had an incredible game, scored a couple of goals. They're flying, and these tournaments can do that to players. And oh, you know, they're, and they're they're bouncing into a in, into the next game, and they're they're playing really well. So. You saw the run that Jesse Lingard went yeah. on, uh, kind of start of this year, um, where obviously he went and scored at Watford for United. Yeah. And he went and scored in a few other games after it, and he just went on a run that mm. would have been perfect for yeah. international tournaments. Yeah, same. It's a shame it was in January. Sterling has done has done similar, um, kind of obviously a lot more consistently over the course of the season, hasn't he? Uh, and yeah, I just think these these sort of games, Marcus Rashford as well, when he's been given the opportunities. Um, I just think there are a lot of people who like to be down about these England players, but just don't, we've just named there four four very very good young players, um, and we haven't even mentioned Harry Kane in that. So they've got some players. The, the worry is is the 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 opposite side of it and the experienced heads that you would associate with sort of tournament winning teams. But England aren't a tournament winning team, I don't think. But they are a team that can go to the quarterfinals. I think. Yeah. yeah so you mentioned the quarterfinals. Mm. If England get there, if we're, we're fortunate enough to, to be back there for the first time in an absolute age, yeah, it's almost definitely going to be Brazil. Oh dear. Barring yeah. you know, absolute disaster. Yeah. Is, is getting to the quarters and going out to a side like Brazil still a, a big thumbs up um, on, the, on the tournament for Gareth Southgate? Yeah. As I say, I, I think you need to judge this team differently to the ones, you know, the whole golden generation thing. Because they're not as technically, you know... Those players, you can reel them off, can't you? Scholes, Lampard, Gerrard, um, Michael Owen, uh, Real Ferdinand, John Terry. There's no one other than Kane in that in the squad who is is the sort of stature of players. So Harry Maguire, Harry Maguire, <laughs> Chris Smalling, um, Chris Smalling, James James Tarkovsky's over yeah, there. Um, yeah. Nick Pope and goal. Nick Pope, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm not meaning to be disrespectful no. to these players, but we, we're just comparing the two hey, squads. And... Nick Pope's had a great season, and it'd be it'd be yeah. such a good story if if he did get in there. I mean, so you. You got um, Pickford, Butland. Is, is, is it going to be Joe Hart? I, I, I wouldn't have Joe Hart. I'd, 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 I'd prefer. I'd, you know, at the end of the day, your third choice goalkeeper at the World Cup is the best paid spectator there is. Yeah. And why not? Why, why not it be Nick, Nick Pope? You know, I don't. Um, I think if it's Joe Hart, Joe Hart's sitting around lamenting the fact that he's not number one anymore. If it's Nick Pope, he's going. This is great. This is amazing. You know, I'm, I'm at the World Cup. Yeah, is, it, is it maybe a case for a bit of tournament experience? Uh, from Joe Hart going in there when you have the likes of Butland who's never been to a major tournament and Pickford who's never been to a major tournament or, you know, normally, with a senior team normally I would say yes but Joe Hart's ex- tournament experience is failure isn't it you know, without me, I'm not. Don't want to be criticising him it's not just his fault um, although the Iceland game he, he didn't cover himself in glory did he but Joe Hart's tournament experience as with all England players of his kind of like that, that sort of era of kind of World Cup 2010 to the Euros um it's failure. It's, dis- it's disappointment. It's going out to teams they should be beating. Uh, you look at this squad now, and it's it's very different in terms of the, the personnel that's there, even from two years ago. Um, so why not try and create a, a fresher mentality and uh, and and look at 
players you might have tournament experience through things like the under twenty one tournaments and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, England have not been to a World Cup semi final, uh, or not been to a major semi final. Mm. Uh, since 1996. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, a little earlier, I spoke to Christian Zieger, who was in part of the Germany team that knocked England out of the competition. Uh, he scored one of the penalties, and uh, I had a good chat catching up with him about well about that game, about taking the mick out of Paul Gascoigne. Um, also, I tried to get a little bite out of him for the the, the five one England win to see whether he he got it. But uh, here's what he had to say in uh, quite a, a wide ranging interview. Christian Zieger, really appreciate you joining us on the Mirror Football Podcast. Um, first of all, Christian, how, how are you these days? How, how's everything? Uh, thank you. Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just uh, came back from uh, a job in Thailand, uh, which didn't work um, <laughs> so good. But um, I'm happy to be back, uh, to be honest. Uh, good stuff. Um, I say we want to speak to you, first of all, a little bit about international football. Um, we'll go right back to Euro 96. Uh, you were part of the Germany team, which, uh, say, very famously uh, defeated England. Um, what, what are your memories of that night? Oh, um, yeah, obviously good memories. Uh, was 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 a big game. Um, when, if not the best game, um, I, I, I could play. I could play at the old Wembley Stadium against England um, in the Euro 96, and then. It was such a massive game, and then we went into the overtime, had penalties, and 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 luckily won um, on penalties. And uh, yeah, to be honest, to win at Wembley against England in the European tournament, um, it's not it's not it's not a bad feeling. Yeah, uh, obviously you ended up moving to England uh, shortly after. Did you ever get a, a sense of just how how much of a disappointment it was from England's perspective that? Obviously, from well, from an English perspective, we didn't win that game. That was our great chance to win a tournament. Did you get a sense of just how big it was for England uh, when you came over here? Yeah, because uh, when I came uh, in the first place to to Middlesbrough, I met uh, obviously Paul Ince and and Gaza in the same team, and um, we were obviously talking about um, the Euro '96, and and it wasn't too easy to 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 take it for them, and and I guess for. Or for the whole country because um, yeah, it's always a big game England against Germany, and then you play the semi-final in your own in your own stadium, and and you have big hopes to 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 come to the final and win it, and then you get um, you get out uh, on penalties. So yeah, I could imagine that um, that was not the the best time for for the people. Yeah, did did you used to kind of make jokes with Gaza and Paul Ince, uh, kind of in training? With Middlesbrough, obviously, yeah, when years had gone All by, the, and yeah, yeah. no, we were we were talking a bit, but then um, yeah, sometimes you know what it is in football. Sometimes you you, you make jokes to each other, and um, obviously I could end always with the same story and say yeah, um, but it comes um, to to the to re- really important games, then then we beat you again like we did, and. Um, but uh, no, afterwards it was more than we played alongside, and I had uh, a lot of things to talk. But yeah, sometimes I yeah I came back with this. Yeah, um, in that game, obviously when it went to penalties, um, in England mm. it's a bit of a cliche that England are rubbish at penalties. I think everybody around the mm. world knows that England always struggle in penalty shootouts. Did you feel obviously you took a penalty yourself? Um, did you feel that Germany had a psychological edge at that penalty shootout? Um, 
not really because um, just talking about myself it was really really big pressure um, to go to the penalty spot and, and, and take it because you knew that um, a lot of people in Germany are watching and you want to come to the final and yeah you, you forget uh, why you're taking the penalties that maybe England had some some problems before but I have to say I think apart from I think it was Southgate now who missed the the, the the penalty. Um nearly every single penalty was was, was good taken. So it was really it was really hard to close at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Gaza and obviously Paul Ince uh, at Middlesbrough. Uh, Paul Gascoigne uh, obviously is a great character. Um everybody knows mm-hmm. that he's been he's very, very entertaining. Um just just what was he like uh, as a teammate at Middlesbrough? I have to say, I have to thank him a, um, a lot because he was always um, kind of, of, of looking um, after me and helping me. And not so much in the, in, the, in, the, in the first year when we played together in, in middle school, but the second year when I moved to, to Liverpool and he in the same time, he moved to Everton and we stayed in a, for three months in the same hotel. And um, sometimes I had problems with, uh, with, with, with get a, getting a room or something else and, and Gaza was always there and helping me. So um, I have to say uh, I love him really because he's a, he's a big person. He's a, he has a big heart and uh, for me it made uh, a lot of things easier. Yeah, um, I read something not too long ago and I seem to remember you saying, did, did you let Gaza stay with you at some points um, kind of later in the, the time at Middlesbrough? What do you mean you stayed with me? It, like stayed with you, um, just like come visit your house, uh, come visit your family. In Middlesbrough wasn't no. In, in Liverpool, um, uh, we, I, I took him because I knew he was staying in a hotel. He was uh, he was on his own. He was injured and, and didn't have uh, didn't have the best time because he was obviously on his own there. So I invited him sometimes um, in, in, into my house to 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 watch together, for example, Champions League or something like this. So, because I wanted to give back what he what he did to me, so yeah. Uh, but we did it more in in, in at Liverpool, not in Middlesbrough. Ah, fair enough. Um, do do you still stay in touch at all with with Paul uh, at all these days? No, I have to say um, I don't have any uh, any contacts to 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 to, to anyone. Um, I think it's because you know you, you, after football you have. Everybody has his own family. Everybody is moving somewhere, and and kind of lose then um, because you, you know so many people, and um, it's not always um, um, easy. But I have to say, I would love to talk to him again. Yeah, no, lovely. Say, Paul Gascoigne. Then, if if you're listening, then uh, it'd be great to get that uh, you guys reunited. Um, on to your club career. Um, you moved um, to England and Italy, um, and I say neither your your first language. Obviously, you know, we're in a world yeah. these days where every every international, well, say every top level European squad is full of people from loads of different countries, loads of different languages. Does it actually make it really difficult when you don't speak the the natural language of of these clubs? Um, sometimes it was because um, we obviously had in English or just just at school and, and school English here is, is not the same when you especially when you come to Middlesbrough and, and, and or you, you go to Liverpool because then um, uh, sometimes you, you, you don't understand anything so it was a bit tricky in the beginning but um, when you are open and you try um, 
everybody is trying is is helping you and 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 giving you a hand. So, but I had a funny story once once at Liverpool because I was sitting next to Robbie Fowler in the dressing room and um, he was asking me something and I I couldn't understand it <laughs> and I said Robbie can you can you say that again please and he said it again and said I I can't get you. So he did it the third time. I said, "Leave it. I just can't understand you." <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sometimes, but it it, it helps you as well because there's so many funny things coming out. Then, and, and at the end of the day, these are your teammates, and and and, and they're helping you a lot. So that was the time. Uh, I, I was at Middlesbrough like this. I was at Liverpool and, and, and Spurs. Everybody's helping you, so not not big problems. Uh, so, what did you make of the the, the Scalsacks and then is that just like Robbie Fowler? You just you, did you did you struggle with that because it, I say it's pretty extreme compared to a lot of other English accents, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, yeah, you have to be really concentrated. So it's not like you coming in and then uh, somebody if he's really speaking with his Scalsack accent, then you have to really concentrate. Even then, sometimes you can't yeah, you can't understand. Um, Funny story. My 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 biggest daughter. She she went the first time. Uh, she went the first year there uh, to school at, at Liverpool. And in the beginning, she she didn't speak any uh, English. And at the end, um, after one year, she she was talking with the Scouts accent, which was not <laughs> the nicest. <laughs> oh, great! Um, I say when when you were at Liverpool, uh, I say as a team, uh, you won the UEFA Cup, the FA Cup, and the League Cup. Um, but it wasn't. It didn't particularly end too well for you um, at Liverpool. Do you have any regrets about moving to Liverpool, or um, or any regrets at all about your time uh, at Anfield? Not at all. I have uh, any regrets to to uh, to let Middlesbrough down. I have to say because I had a fantastic time there. Um, I was I was I was playing really good. Had a good season. That the people have been really really uh, nice to me. Um, but then, obviously, the chance came um, to move to Liverpool to to a club who's playing uh, in international football, or at least has the aim to to do, to go there. So that was the decision. But um, in that time, um, or now, I'm 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 feeling a bit, you know, not really 100% happy that I left them. Um, but to to play for Liverpool, even if I had a difficult time. Um, it was it was really fantastic just to to come in, in, in into Anfield, um, playing in front of these people uh, was was a, a, a big honor. And yeah, I had a difficult time. And I, the worst thing is I I can't really tell you what happened because I I came there and I was playing and Jerry um, was somehow. Um, not happy with my performance, and but he never said he never told me why. So then he took me out for a couple of of of, of weeks, and then all, all of a sudden I played again, uh, and then I went um, out again. So I can't tell you till today what was really the reason because um, he never he never talked to me about it. But in these days, um, um, I was like that. Managers didn't talk too much with the players about their decisions. Fair enough. I say, uh, Christian Zieger here speaking on the Mirror Football Podcast, uh, courtesy of Enterprise Rent-A-Car, who are running a, a backseat pundit competition, uh, offering fans the chance to ride with a, a legend of the game to um, a Europa League match this season. I say, if you want to get involved, you can do at www.backseatpundit.co.uk. Um, Christian, I say, back at to um, international football, um, 
you were part of the Germany squad, I believe, that um, lost 5-1 to England uh, in a World Cup qualifier. Mm. Um, what are your memories of that day? How did the Germany team react after that game? Because it, it must have come as a shock. First of all, I was the, um, after the game, I was quite happy that I wasn't involved um, because uh, Rudy Fuller decided to, to play uh, someone else instead of me. So... Um, I was, I was, you know, a bit happy that I wasn't involved in, in the defeat. But obviously, I was on the bench. And if you're there with your teammate and you're losing five-one, it is not nice. Um, but this happens sometimes in football. If you see uh, now, if we're talking maybe about Brazil, um, they played the semi-final in the World Cup at home to Germany and they lose seven-one. Um, this is even worse. Uh, so. Yeah, you have to take it, and then uh, obviously, then everybody start talking about if we have something to change, or uh, the, the normal discussion is then was the, are they the, the the best players in the team, and and so on and so on. But you know, football is quite quick. The next day, next week, everything is different already. Yeah. So Germany did go on to go all the way to the World Cup final. Uh, you came off the bench in the World Cup final. Um, can you mm. just give us? Um, an indication of what it's like to be able to say, I've played in a World Cup final. I know you weren't victorious, but it must just be an incredible honour. Um, you realise it later. Um, you know, you come to the game and you obviously know that you play a World Cup final. And um, even if you're on the bench, but you're in the final, then you come on and you lose this final. is is really hard because, you know, you, you just passed the cup and, and you see it, you can't touch it. Um the whole Brazil is celebrating and you're sitting down and you're really destroyed because you, you just went to the far end and then you couldn't win this final. But if I think today, um, I was lucky enough to, to, to play in the European Championship in 1960 in, in the final and I won it. Um, and the second was in the World Cup final. Not many players come to this final and, and have the chance to win it even if, if we didn't at that time. So... I'm really proud uh, uh, to be one of the players who who played both finals. Yeah, um, you you sported a rather interesting look at the 2002 <laughs> World Cup um, <laughs> with uh, with a mohawk um, in there. I mean, it's mm. just how, how did the mohawk come about? It was quite simple. Yeah. Um, we had three days in between the uh, the preparation to the World Cup and and and, and then actually going to Japan and, and, and South Korea. I was in, in London with my wife and um, just wanted to have a normal haircut. But then all of a sudden, my wife left um, in the middle, left something there. And then we were joking and saying, yeah, now we painted like um, uh, black, red and gold, like the German flag. And now we go there. And then once we said it, I said, I go, I do it. Um, so, but the problem was then everybody was just talking about my haircut and not about my performance. And then, or, um, during the the tournament, I said, "Okay, I stop it now because everybody's just talking about my haircut and not about what I'm doing here on the pitch." So I just changed it again um, to say now I, I, sh- I should have uh, left it because everybody is talking about that today, and I've seen so many players afterwards, even in those days, even more doing that. So I was kind of um, I was saying this. One of the first one who, who did some strange thing, <laughs> bit crazy, but I was young. Ah, good, good. Um, 
after say after the World Cup, you you were at Tottenham. Uh, I want to briefly talk to you about about Tottenham. Um, I, I read an interesting story um, in two thousand and two uh, after a game around mm. the the Christmas period. Uh, obviously, you picked up yeah. a very severe injury, but I, I believe it could have been even more severe than just a lot of time out and a, and a few operations. So can you recall to us uh, exactly what happened? Yeah, I, I just had a dead leg in the game against Charlton. I can't remember. It was just um, just um, touched the hip of, of, of someone. I can't uh, can't even remember who it was. And um, just played till I think it was the 85, 88 minutes and I, I got sent off um, for double, uh, double booking. And, and I went home and just realized that my leg is going bigger and bigger and obviously had some pain. And then my wife said they should um, call the doctor. And I said, it's Boxing Day. Everybody is, is somewhere and, and, and celebrating. I don't call him now because um, he wants to enjoy now. But luckily, my wife insisted that um, that I, 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 I call the doctor. And he came and he said, yeah, we have to see if there's maybe too much pressure um, in your leg. But when he arrived, he said, I don't have to check it. We have to go straight to the to the hospital because this is far too big. And then I could walk into the car by myself, but I couldn't get out anymore. I couldn't move the leg. And then I was, um, we say, unconscious uh, on the way in the, in, the, in, the, in the hospital. So what they basically said in that time was, um, if I would come later, like, 30 minutes or 40 minutes, um, they, sh- they, they, they had to cut um, the leg off because otherwise I would, I, uh, I had problems to, 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 to survive. So yeah, it was a big story. At the end, everything is fine now. Um, I lost the half of the muscle in my leg, <laughs> but I still have my leg. No, it's good to hear and, and, and glad that your, your wife took you to the hospital and told you to see the doctor, yes. which is uh, uh, very good. Um, do, do you feel a little bit of regret about the injury? Obviously, injuries you can't really do anything about. Uh, but do you feel it maybe uh, put a bit of a dampener on on your time in the Premier League? Yeah, definitely. Because then um, I was five months um, out, and then I had still problems um, in the pre-season when I came back um, and, and with my leg, and then I went to have another surgery and. They uh, they took like I said they took a half of a muscle because it was dead in that time so couldn't couldn't really do anything couldn't run couldn't kick sometimes it was really strange but then afterwards obviously um, no it didn't help me to 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 finish my my last two seasons and really um, I could train I could play but I'm not in the way I wanted to so um, that was a bit um, yeah a difficult time but. Like you said, luckily um, I'm sitting here. I have both legs, and um, so um, yeah, never mind. Absolutely. Um, do you still watch a, a lot of the Premier League these days? I, I try to watch everything, which is not possible because I like the um, I like the Spanish league or I like Barcelona watching, um, but I like the Premier League obviously as well uh, because uh, for me the is the best league to watch. You have the, one of the best players in the in, in the league, and you have always, yeah, nearly six contenders to 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 win the Premier League, and it is so difficult to win it. So um, yeah, um, I have to say I follow um, at at this time. I, I I follow Liverpool obviously because it was my, one of my ex clubs. I follow Tottenham and, and and a bit of Man City because I, I think uh, Guardiola is playing a fantastic football. 
Yeah, good. I say both. We say with Liverpool and Tottenham. Do do you see them as contenders to win the Premier League in the next couple of years? Because I, I know Man City are running away with this season, but it does feel like Liverpool and Tottenham are on the cusp of potential potentially being very very good. Yeah, there was one season I think when Steven Gerrard was there. Liverpool they were really close to win it. Um, Tottenham over the last years are always close, not not doing well, and at the end of the season to, to win it uh, actually. I think they have the potential to do so, but um, like I said, if you see Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, they all have the same target uh, at the beginning of the season. They all want to win the, the title, so it makes it, this competition so, so difficult. But yeah, it would be good if, 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 if Liverpool or Spurs one day uh, could win the title. I say fingers crossed. Um, I say, and just before we finish, um, it is a World Cup year. It is a World Cup summer. Um, Germany are defending the World Cup. Um, last time in in Brazil, they were pretty much. I think everybody could tell they were out and out the best team at the competition. Uh, do you still feel that Germany are going into this competition as uh, as potential favourites? I think you have nearly every World Cup. You have the, the same teams who have the chance to win uh, the World Cup, but it always takes a bit. You know, you need one or two games where you do, where you need a little bit of, of luck as well. Um, but for me, um, I've seen England uh, now a couple of times, and and especially with the uh, with the youth winning so many so many titles now um, international in the. In the uh, in the World Cup, in the European Cup, with the under-17, under-19, they have so much potential that I think they could have a chance as well. And I think France, Brazil, Argentina, obviously, um, these are the, the, the teams who are who are favourites, but obviously Germany as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. With England, obviously, you mentioned the, the youth coming through. Um, do, do you genuinely believe England are strong enough to win it? Um, I know from an English perspective, there's maybe still a bit of... Uh, pessimism and a bit of um, I don't know maybe maybe we're not quite convinced because of our previous failures but um, can you see something in England that maybe we can't? I think you can the uh, the, the biggest problem uh, you have is is you never have the the winter break you know um, when everybody is having a break for one week or for for ten days um, you have the most games in in, in all Europe and. In terms of when you then play till till the end in the championship and everything, um, players, yeah, they get they get tired. And when this is all over and you go to a World Cup, which is big, but um, then it makes it really difficult, I think. But still, um, as I said, I've seen this team now uh, playing, and I like what I see because um, I think they made a big big step forward uh, football-wise as well. So yeah, yeah, I think they have a chance. Fingers crossed then uh, for England and uh, and yeah, uh, Christian. Really, really appreciate you joining us on on the Mirror Football Podcast um, once again. Um, we'll, we'll let you go now, but um, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Christian Ziga. There joining us on the Mirror Football Podcast to talk about pretty much everything <laughs> in his career. There. He's had quite a career, hasn't he? It was um, a fascinating story about yeah. obviously the fact that he nearly. Obviously, nearly died from from a dead leg that obviously mm. inflamed and stuff. But uh, absolutely fascinating. Um, 
that will do us on, on the Mirror Football Podcast. Uh, we, we will be back to normal next week. Uh, we'll be back to talking about club football. We're also going to talk a lot about Europe next week, simply because it will be our last podcast before the clash between Liverpool and City. Uh, also Arsenal in the Europa League quarterfinals as well. Uh, maybe something they can get excited about. So we'll be looking ahead at that, reviewing the top four relegation race, um, relegation battle, sorry, um, if, you, if, you, if you like uh, next week. Uh, but until then, if... If you don't subscribe already, you can get us on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Audio Boom, wherever you get your podcasts, you can probably click subscribe. Uh, but we'd also appreciate it if you give us a nice five star rating. Um, but until next time, uh, enjoy the rest of the international week. Um, it's kind of always hard to do that, but I think because we've got World Cup fever, we can, uh, we can say that. And uh, we will see you next week. Bezig zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 20,50 per maand met de Huawei P20 Lite. Nu met 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1000 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.